Hey guys, and welcome back to Podcast Famous. I am your host, Dan Pantoya, and in today's episode, I will be talking about the birth of the mariachi shows. This first stop will take us to Calumet City, Illinois. It was 2011, and I was getting the itch to perform again. This would be the third time since my start with Mariachi Acero. My second run had me doing a bunch of private gigs and a few local festivals. This time, I was thinking of trying something different. I thought it would be awesome if there was a local mariachi show that had a cool after set. Nothing too crazy, just focusing on the music and gathering people who love mariachi music. I started to bring up this idea during my kickboxing classes. It was very common to talk about ideas during my classes with my friends. As I hashed out how the shows would go, one of our friends mentioned that she used to sing too. Shout out to Miss Gracie Montalvo. Naturally, I asked her if she would like to take part of this event I was creating. With two singers on board, it was time to call the mariachi. My first hurdle was to get the mariachi to sell us a concert set, not their classic two-hour shows with their normal breaks. It wasn't easy to convince them. They weren't used to different formats like this. Plus, I had to get them there at a specific time so that they can coordinate their other gigs around it. I pushed for the 75-minute price so that we can schedule our show accordingly. I figured if I had Gracie sing first, plus the 75-minute mariachi show, we would pull off about two hours of singing and about two hours of DJing and dancing. As we finalized a few more things, I had to go choose a destination. I figured that we would call somewhere local, so I talked to the owner of Pepe's Mexican Restaurant in Cal City. I presented the idea of a ticketed mariachi show, and she gave us our first run at an event that had no name yet. I just needed one last detail. At that time, it would be my sound guy slash DJ. Not sure if you know my buddy, DJ Manuel Get Down Feliciano, um, which we haven't got on the podcast yet, but we definitely will. And his direction was pretty easy. This was a hold my beer kind of move. After our show was done, I just asked him to keep the people around and make it a night of entertainment. At this point, the first mariachi show was officially born. I named it Noche Latina. I slapped our three names on the flyer, and we even got an event sponsor. The sponsor part was very important because the cost of the mariachi was way bigger than everything else. The good thing is I had experience getting sponsors. I definitely knew that Facebook and word of mouth would give this sponsor value while giving us that room to make this show happen. When this show was launched, I noticed right away that a lot of people were very interested. This became my aha moment. I was thinking to myself, was I the only mariachi performer doing something like this? The answer was pretty much yeah. I kept this thought in my back pocket because a few bad shows would have been the classic one and done. This thought would later motivate me to bring my A-game to the shows. I felt a certain type of responsibility for the mariachi music, and I wanted to give the mariachi music a good voice. I had to relate it to the future scene of English music. English country music, to be exact. Imagine if country music only had a few singers in the Midwest. My pitch to sponsors and potential venues was very sound. Before we knew it, November 15th had arrived. We all did a great job getting people to come out to this event. It was so cool to see Gracie sing that night. The mariachi did their intro set, and it was my turn. My set covered all the mariachi classics. Looking back, I don't remember if I did good or bad. I do remember I was focusing on the event. 
After the singers were done, it was time for Manuel Get Down to do his thing as well. All in all, this was my promotional event style. This style was something that I kept for a while. I figured a night of listening to music, having some drinks, and dancing would be a killer combination. The owner of Pepe's and the staff gave us props for the great turnout. They hadn't had an event like this, and they loved it. This, of course, launched a few more events at this location. By event number three, we had completely sold out. This type of event also was becoming a little bit more popular because it actually was multi-generational. We didn't have to worry about pitching it to just one demographic. This was pretty much everybody, 18 to 60 and above. The mariachi scene was definitely making a name for itself. For my part, I put in the time to improve aspects of the show, such as lighting, sound, and song selection. Even during these times, I knew the important thing was the music. This particular event gave me a stat to help me open a lot of future doors. This was my infamous Modelo beer show. This show actually sold out of Mexican beer. Yes, you heard right. Pepe's Mexican restaurant had to go on a beer run because of our beverage sales. That was crazy. I even had to hire security for the first time, and a couple of police officer friends had our back just in case. Shout out to Jose Rivas, who was my undercover muscle, because we know there was no kicking around or punching around in these mariachi suits. While we outgrew this location, our next stop cemented this ironclad format. From Calumet City, we headed directly to a Chicago staple, Mi Tierra. If I could establish shows at Mi Tierra, I figured this kind of show would expand. That's how it all came about, the birth of the mariachi shows. On the next episode, I will cover how the mariachi shows became a ticket-selling juggernaut and the birth of the Dia de los Muertos concert series. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be talking to you guys soon.